0: Welcome to If Anyone Cares, my name is Riley James. We get a guest on all show with us today for the, for the sake of, um, well, I'm just going to be honest, for the sake of editing and trying to piece two things together. I'm just going to knock it out in one go right now. So on the line from somewhere in Illinois um, is a man in a hotel room. He is a graduate of the University of Nebraska at Omaha. He is a broadcaster, most recently featured on ESPN. And a man who used to be a goalkeeper, so you know he is clinically insane, Owen Godberson.
1: That is about the most accurate introduction I've ever been given. Clinically insane.
0: Yeah, no, you guys like just you guys dive in front of 80 mile per hour balls and get hit in the face and love it.
1: Yeah, you saw that Indiana keeper the other night that made four back to back to back to back saves, just throwing his body at the ball. And you just have to be—you just that—that—that's just the nature of being a goalkeeper. You have to just be built different, mentally and physically. And it, there's a reason I'm not at the top level is because I was built that way. But I was built like kind of as a Walmart version compared to every other goalkeeper, both <laughs> um, so not on the pitch, but you know.
0: Well, there's a certain um, physical requirement to be a goalkeeper at a high level, and and how tall are you, Owen?
1: I am six foot one. Thank you very much. Oh, I
0: did not know you're six foot one. That is that is pretty good for a goalkeeper. Um, yeah, no, I can't say anything. I'm five eight. I played in the field. No, it, the reason I'm not a goalkeeper is very
1: very simple. I'm just not good. Like I, I'm a good <laughs> Sunday league goalkeeper, and that is about it. Also, I also have a keen eye for goal. I've, uh, I've been known to have, have a couple of hat tricks in my career when I go up the field. So, uh, if any Sunday League teams uh, need a uh, need a striker who's put on a bit of weight over the years, you know, hit me up.
0: Yeah, no, you're just a physical guy in the box. You're not you're not quick and pacey like you once were. You're just you're moving people around, creating space.
1: I don't think "pacey" was ever a word used to describe <laughs> me, but I.
0: Yeah, white kid from, from Nebraska. Not really Pacey. That's
1: why no, I play lineman too. But, uh, you know, those days are long behind me. i am since retired. Uh, I'm enjoying life as a broadcaster whenever I can get opportunities. Realized early on that uh, I'm not going to be a player. I'm most likely going to be able to talk my way into uh, professional sports. So, here I am.
0: Well, you are doing that. Not quite professional, but you are doing um, stuff for ESPN right now on the collegiate level. Can you talk about your your experience with with ESPN so far and um, kind of the the whole thing and how you got tied in with doing some freelance work.
1: Yeah, so once I graduated from UNO, um, I kind of realized that I wasn't, you know, didn't have any, like, nailed-on jobs lined up. Nobody was really hiring a full-time soccer commentator right out of college, so I just kind of took freelance gigs when I got them. Um, I got a chance to do the NSAA, the Nebraska soccer, or the Nebraska... High School Sports Association. I got to do their state tournament in May at the uh, Wembley of Nebraska Morrison Stadium, which was awesome. Got to do that through Strive TV, which was a really fun experience. Um, And then about a month or so ago, I got reached out to by the Summit League, uh, the conference that UNO is in my alma mater, the University of Nebraska Omaha. Shout out, Mavs. Uh, And they were looking for a commentator for this tournament down here in Macomb, Illinois hosted by Western Illinois, um, and it's been a really fun experience so far. The guys down here, the production level down at Western Illinois TV is really good. Uh, Quentin, Nick, and Will, the three that I've worked with closely down here for the weekend, have been nothing short of awesome, did their homework. They've been very prepared, very disciplined. Like, they're awesome guys to work with. Um, also, just really cool to hang out with in general. Got along really well with them. And yeah, this opportunity just kind of came because the Summit League needed a broadcaster for this tournament. Um and our usual broadcaster for the Summit League tournaments, thats uh, then gone to Omaha. Uh, I think he's also traveled to South Dakota for the tournament as well. Donnie Barnes has since moved down to Florida. So that kind of moved me up in the pecking order, I guess. And uh, I, I've worked with Donnie. I've learned a lot from Donnie over the years. And, you know, hopefully this leads to uh, more opportunities with uh, ESPN and with the Summit League. And just in general, college athletics. The Summit League tournaments are always fun. I've done them for years. and. Yeah, really, really enjoyable experience so far. I got one more game tomorrow.
0: That was such a polished broadcast answer that I, I am so proud of you. Uh, not only for the answer, but for the experience. And, and you and I go back a long way working together. Uh, I met you five, is it five years ago? Yeah, five years ago. And some change, and to see the progression of of how you've not only turned into like a cool dude, and you know someone who is a respectable guy from at least a distance and how I've gotten to know you but just a fantastic broadcaster. I tuned in to, to ESPN Plus to to watch and see and and, and hear you and it was phenomenal. I'm, I'm so incredibly proud of you as a friend and as a former colleague of yours.
1: I appreciate that, man. It was it was I felt a lot of love yesterday from from Frank family um people that are you know are diehard soccer fans like, uh, like my dad huge soccer guy was watching and listening all day long at work uh all the way down to my girlfriend who knows next to nothing about sports but is also just very supportive um yeah it, it meant a lot to have so many people tuning in and, and supporting me and, and you know one step closer to my dream of broadcasting world cup final so i really do appreciate it
0: yeah you're gonna have to fight me for it um um <laughs> yeah, <on>, <laughs> how about we'll split it we'll do different broadcasts um
1: we'll do a remand booth with you me and hoover <laughs>
0: <laughs> and of course jack hoover who is uh who's been on the show before um you're like our third Uno kid on the show that's awesome
1: I, i've seen i've listened to the episodes with bellinghausen uh yeah seeing bellinghausen grow over the years and is just a phenomenal talent even since so she's such a nice UNB. I I think out of everybody at UNO that I've worked with so far, she's probably got the brightest future.
0: Yeah, no, I see an Anna work the sidelines of Ohio State, Nebraska with Jenny Taft and the Fox crew was just awesome. It was so incredible. I was incredibly proud that I sent her um a, a text just I saw her on TV, which is which is wild. So no you you UNO kids are, are, are quite good. And then you got Hoover. Hanging out in Milwaukee. It's his life is seemingly going pretty alright at the moment, too. So lots of lots of value over in Omaha.
1: Underrated sports market is what I would put it at. Cause you, you've got some pretty good college teams. Uh Creighton, obviously, for like basketball. Their soccer team's very good. Um it's unfortunate they lost in the first round of the Big East tournament, but you know. Selection Sunday, they might still be able to uh, sneak their way into the tournament. They had a good season. Um, obviously, Omaha's—I mean, they—they're near and dear to my heart. You've also got Union Omaha, the uh, USL team that are uh, in the semifinals tomorrow against FC Tucson. Um, I'm supposed to keep neutral on broadcast when I'm commentating. When I'm doing PA for them, though, I can be biased. So uh, up the Owls.
0: Up the Owls. Yeah, no, it's really hard, and that's the one thing I've struggled with in broadcasting and in doing journalism is like it's really hard not to like like the teams that you like when you're when you're writing or when you're speaking into a microphone about these things. Because obviously you you've had this fandom for a long time and union you know, Omaha Omaha's a little bit different, but like you're a fan of Omaha. Like you love the city of Omaha. And this is a team that represents it. So it's kind of the same vein where like it's really hard to, to pull yourself out of it. But there has to be a flip that you switch and everything, and that as soon as that red light goes on to as soon as that red light goes off, you're you're complete professional. But PA a little bit different. I've never done PA. That sounds awesome. I was always like of in awe of PA announcers when I was a kid because they just like get to hang out and, and literally broadcast the game to you in the stadium. Like that that's, that's got to be such a cool job. Is PA as cool as I make it sound to be?
1: It is. Uh, the atmosphere at Warner Park for Union Omaha games is really fun. The crowd's uh, kind of bouncing, especially for bigger games. Um, I remember against Greenville uh, about a month or so ago, um, down at Morrison Stadium when we got to play against Tucson, uh, that game was, was just rocking the, the parliament. And, um, all the supporters groups for Union Omaha just make a lot of noise, make the atmosphere a lot of fun. Uh, and so you kind of feed off their energy as the PA guy and, and try to incite a little bit more chaos into, uh, into the atmosphere, which is always fun. It, it, it's a good gig for somebody as high-octane, high-energy as me. I got to do PA for some really fun games. I got to do it when they won their regular season title, so that was awesome. And uh, Another nice thing about being on PA is my mic's not always on, so <laughs> up in the press box uh, like with everybody running the operations crew, uh, Lexi, Justin, all of them, we were able to uh, celebrate those goals as they went in and not, not have to worry about neutrality or our mics, mics being hot.
0: Yeah, mic, hot mics are... are the- Deadly and dangerous in the business that you and I are in. But they also capture moments of glory and, and, and infamous moments that aren't necessarily great for professionalism and, and, and being, you know, by the book. But hot mics have also yep. ruined a lot of careers. Like what, what was that you cut out?
1: I uh, I definitely have had experiences like that before. Uh, <laughs> where, you know, a word slips out, pregame or whatever, when you're talking to the you're not even on air like practicing anything you're just kind of talking with whoever you're going to be broadcasting with and you know and has certain have slips and
0: yeah the first a of a, had... the first time I did like TV uh I had like the the lavalier mic and it was like on the pack I had on the back of my belt and I didn't realize you can hear everything I was saying like 30 minutes before we were actually going on air and I was just rambling and, and kind of trying to calm myself down and I was not aware that that mic was keyed into everyone listening which was very embarrassing when I walked out but they were all good about it because I was like 17 and an idiot and not supposed to be there so they were all like yeah okay we get it we were we were like you once
1: <laughs> my first season as a commentator uh, that happened where I went to say that the uh, ball went out for a throw and as it bounced off of one of the Maverick players shins um, and the word that came out did not end with N. It ended with T. So.
0: <laughs> uh, no, that's a, that's not a PG-13 word. That's not no. great.
1: <laughs> Thankfully, my commentator just start, kept talking like it was normal. And I don't think anybody noticed. If they did, nobody ever said anything. But I was like ghost white. I just remember being like, oh, no.
0: Do you get the email evaluations about how you did? Or is that more like working with? with companies more on a full-time basis? Cause I have gotten emails in the past about my performances. Do you, do you have those kind of like worded emails? Like, Hey, this was great. And this wasn't great.
1: We, we had more production meetings at UNO every once in a while, um, where, you know, we would talk about what we what we think we're doing well, what we think we're not doing well, et cetera, where like we kind of critique ourselves with commentary. Um, when, when it comes to people saying what I've done not so great, that's not really more email. That's more than letting me know on Twitter.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, Twitter is a ruthless place for, for everything. I got it quite a bit last night, but it was also self-inflicted, and I, I wanted that and just trolling.
1: Twitter, uh, Twitter is best described by uh, old Ben Kenobi from A New Hope. You'll never find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy, and I can't get enough of it.
0: I, you read my notes because I was going to transition to Star Wars at some point because, like, you essentially – you weren't, like, the one that got me into it, but you pressed all the right buttons to get me to kind of start moving as fast as I did with it. And and what – you know, me finishing all 11 movies that are associated with, like, the main franchise and, like, were out in theaters, finishing all those in two years and some change, not exactly fast – but you kind of like helped me through that process, and you weren't a snob about it like a lot of people are. Like, you know, this, and know, this, and know, this. Um, can you talk about your, your love of, of Star Wars and where it kind of spawned from? And, and maybe, like, have you talked to any other people like me who got into it a little bit later?
1: Happily, um, <laughs> there's one thing I love more than people asking me about soccer is asking me about Star Wars, it is my favorite thing. In the world, Um, more than soccer, actually, I love Star Wars. Star Wars for my dad. Uh, He he was a kid like when the first one came out in '77. He would have been 15, 16-ish, somewhere in there. And he like he would tell us about going to see them in theaters and how mind-blowing the special effects were, and everything. so my brother was born in '95. I was born in '98. The Phantom Menace came out in '99. So we weren't able to go and see that in theaters. Attack the Clones uh, in 2003, I want to say, open five. So we went and saw that. And then I remember going to see Revenge of the Sith in the theaters. And my dad showed us all of these movies on like VHS when we were kids. We literally had. Um, both the original trilogy and the uh, the prequels um, all on VHS as kids and I probably wore those out especially Um, Phantom Menace I loved uh, uh, Star Wars is just my favorite story and favorite universe ever told um I could sit down and watch the movies, the TV shows, Clone Wars, uh, Rebels. I'm actually reading through some old Legends material. So for those that don't know, when Disney bought the franchise in 2014, there wasn't just the movies that came with that. There was the OG Clone Wars TV show. There were dozens of books and novels and series that have come out, comics. Um, Outside of the core movies, Disney kind of just said nothing else is canon we're going to tell our own story in the expanded universe so like all of my favorite books growing up uh the legacy of the force series the yujan Vong War, um, basically han leia luke and his wife's kids like as they get you know as they get older and kind of like what happens in the next like 40 50 years after uh return of the jedi so I was raised on those books. I absolutely loved them. Uh, I read them cover to cover. I'm rereading them now because I haven't in years, and I rediscovered my love of reading after I'm no longer in school. And, yeah, I'm always happy to kind of help people get into Star Wars because there's a lot of life lessons in there. There's a lot of really good stories, really fun characters. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It'll send goosebumps down your spine.
0: It's just the best thing that humanity has ever done. That is quite the statement, but I—I I mean, I—it's I a hot
1: take. I know it is. I, I, yeah, I—I I know Star Wars being the best thing that humanity's ever done is a hot take because you know we have a lot of medicine and we've done a lot of good things. Um, but no, Star Wars for me. Yeah,
0: that is that is just a, a large statement. But that's what we like here at IAC is large mm-hmm. statements, and. Um, I mean, what what you're saying is is what I've experienced, right? Like all these fantastic stories and different, you know, plots and in, in these different movies, how they tie in together from trilogy to trilogy. And there's obviously the the first set of films that came out in the 70s and 80s, or I'm guess 80s and 90s, right? Is that right?
1: Uh, 70s, 80s.
0: Okay, 70s, 80s. Um, you you have these these films that come out and they're popular and their kind of hits in the moment and the be able to last the test of time to me watching them on Disney Plus on like New Year's Eve 2019 for the very first time watching a Star Wars movie like it was wild that it held up it was great and I mean I know they went back and did special like redid some special effects with CGI and everything but like the fact that everything held up For as many years as it's been, I'm not good at math, I went to Full sale, but the idea (laughs) that these these movies are, are a big part of people's lives is something I'm understanding now, and it seems like it's been a huge part of your life.
1: It has, and one of my favorite things about the Star Wars expanded universe, both in Legends, which is what uh, everything that came before, so like all the books that I would loved reading, uh, the Thrawn trilogy that I uh, proposed to you, um, everything that like before Disney's takeover is now considered Legends. Um, everything in the Legends category, as well as everything in the current canon that Disney has done since, I think what they do really well is like they take the movies as you know the core, the source material. And they just pick out these random little, like, special details or, like, background characters or extras that they just branch off and do their own thing. Because the galaxy in Star Wars is so large that you can do all of these things. Like, every, like, it's just so cool. Um, In Phantom Menace, you'll see during the pod race scene a uh, a slender, very pale uh, woman with a big rifle with a big red ponytail uh, or a She's a bounty hunter. She she pops up in other star Wars media all the time. Like she's an important background character. Like, she's really cool. Awesome. Like they just take characters that fly under the radar at first. And then in like books or a show or in really any bit of expanded media, comic books, as well as a very underrated facet of uh, star Wars media, they'll, they'll take those characters and they'll just expand on them and they'll make them some of your favorite characters. For example, um, in the original Star Wars movie, A New Hope, when Luke is making the trench run to blow up the Death Star. His wingman in that one, um, Wedge Antilles, the guy that has to duck out towards the end because he got he got hit, but he wasn't shot down. Um, Wedge Antilles, they take in the books... Um, Specifically, the X-Wing Rogue Squadron books, the Yu-Jean War, Legacy of the Force. And he is a main integral part. Like, he is a, he's one of my favorite Star Wars characters of all time. And he maybe has like five minutes of screen time and at most like a dozen lines. But no, I absolutely love Wedge Antilles. So they just take those characters that you don't care about in the movies and they make you care about them in the extra material. And that's just something that's, I think, unique to Star Wars.
0: Because like when you have a universe like this, it is so easy to just continue different things, and it's so easy to, like you never run out of ideas on what you can do, because this is a place where we just get to you know a lot of this is just imagination, and you just get to think of new ideas, you get to think of new plot lines and, 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 and different paths for these characters to go down uh, to go down. And the fact that like Star Wars has done a fantastic job with that, you know, whether it be before Disney or or what Disney has done so far, like it's really kind of amazing. And I'm one episode away from finishing The Mandalorian. Obviously, The Mandalorian was a was a pop culture (laughs) hit and phenomenon. And I don't know how like real like OG Star Wars people feel about it, but like it took a common, you know, ancient enemy of the Jedi and made him likable. And put Pedro Pascal in in a in a good light, as far as like he's a very likable character. But based on being fans of the Jedi and all the films, like you're not actually supposed to like this guy. And he make they make him super likable. So it's things like that where you've obviously gone a lot deeper than me. But I'm I'm kind of realizing that there's so so many levels to this, and it's easy to get lost sometimes. And like trying to figure out. Um and, and just maintain like okay this is this this is this this is this and just have the the mental capacity to understand it all but I mean I've I've kind of really dived into it the last six months and trying to understand everything yeah I'll probably go back and rewatch some of the earlier movies that have had been a while for me two years year and a half and really kind of like dig deep and understand all of this but like do do you feel that way too where it's like there are so many different levels to this as far as there's some likability in quote unquote the antagonist in some of these things. Like, um, like the Mandalorian, like, you know, ancient enemy of the Jedi, but he's super likable in the show. Do, do you feel like that's a, a, a strong component of, of kind of what star Wars has become in American media?
1: I think it all depends on who you are. Um, because and kind of like how you've, I want to I guess kind of experience the world because with Star Wars or with the Mandalorian like you talk about um I absolutely love that show. Pedro Pascal is brilliant. Um very underrated part of that was Bill Burr.
0: Yeah. That was he, wild to me. He was an fantastic
1: in there. actor um, and <laughs> oh, wild and anger and hurt and the aspects of PTSD that like it was just a fantastic, uh, fantastic show, and I cannot wait for Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian Season 3. But, like, with the taking of the old enemy of the Jedi, it, it all depends on your view of the world, in my opinion. Because if you are one of those people that has to put people in black and white categories of, like, you know, enemy, friend... Um, you know, right, left, anything like that, you just kind of put them in those categories and just kind of disassociate themselves. One of the things that I think Star Wars does really well is, yeah, these characters fight. These characters are on opposite sides. But with the character development that they give them, you're kind of realizing that, oh, there's good guys on the bad side and there's bad guys on the good side. The Mandalorians inherently are are not enemies, I guess. They just were like, they just fought the Jedi like thousands of years ago in canon, um, and that's kind of like why the Mandalorians and Jedi fought was because the Mandalorians are a warring people and they wanted to take over the galaxy, and the Jedi was like, yeah, not really, like we're not about that. Um, but uh, they're not necessarily bad guys; they're just different, and they're co- clashing viewpoints, and it, it just all comes down to whether or not you're able to. Uh, and I think Star Wars does a really good job of this. Is whether or not you're able to see the points of somebody that disagrees with you or somebody that's on the opposite side of you um it's all about like changing perspective and i think in uh or in return of the jedi when ben Kenobi's line uh from a certain point of view yeah vader was killed or vader did kill anakin from a certain point of view yeah the mandalorians are bad guys it just Star Wars does a really good job of changing viewpoints or, like, taking, like, a different viewpoint and making you realize and think differently. Not just about the Star Wars world, but about, you know, real life and about people that aren't different from you or disagree with you. I think Star Wars is a very progressive, inclusive place where you can realize that, like, you know, somebody can disagree with you. It doesn't make them a bad guy. And I personally love the way they're handling The Mandalorian where they're kind of like... You know, bridging the gap between Jedi and Mandalorians with uh, with Grogu being the first Jedi Mandalorian that we've seen since Tarvisla, I think. Yeah, from thousands of years, the the original uh, owner of the Dark Saber. I can't remember his. He's from the Vistla clan in Mandalore, but I could go on and on about that stuff. I just I just love this franchise and like all the messages and lessons that you can learn from it.
0: Right, and that's kind of what we hope for with our media and yeah. and our entertainment is to. Hey, this is a larger representation of everything else, right? It's just packaged in a in a box where you can have association with the characters. You can have um, feelings and, and emotions tied to the things that are happening on your screen. But it also, like, yes, it's fun and action-packed and, and riveting as far as so many things going on. And the plot line is incredible and the storylines and everything it presents you with a couple ideas to kind of think about and a couple, um, a couple things to to ponder on after you watch it, maybe during the watch. And that's what you hope for. Uh, the, you know, the balance of the good side versus the bad side with Anakin going to, you know, eventually becoming Darth Vader, like what could have prevented him from doing that? And then you go back into the first trilogy, like, okay, Luke, avoided that where did he learn from his dad where did he you know kind of fall into the same traps and and it just it's so much character development and that's why i like the second trilogy like a lot and it's not as good as the first obviously but the second one it's like so you learn so much more and it gives so much more context and it really makes you appreciate the first set of movies just even more
1: and i think with the prequels like you're talking about there, you've been watching a lot of the movies have you watched the clone wars i've not no i would so for anybody who's either you know has watched the movies um and like star wars or somebody that's looking to get into star wars i highly recommend the clone wars tv show and rebels I mean, they're both fantastic um at time they definitely can feel like kids shows uh, especially when you go back and watch them when you're like 21 22 23 where we're at um but the story arcs the character development you start to see in anakin not just like the slow burn of him um embracing the dark side but you kind of start to understand why he did um and kind of like the political aspect of the jedi and you know like luke says in the last jedi the jedi or the jedi were deified now that they've gone but they did make a lot of mistakes and that's they start to blur the lines of that in the Clone Wars. You start to see, like, all right, I, I can get why Anakin was mad about this. I can get I, – I can understand it. Plus, you've also got um, – you get to learn a lot more about the clones and about, like, what happens in between two and three. You get to meet a lot of characters, too, um, that you just absolutely love. I think one of the things that they did best in that show was the, the whole idea of a clone trooper being based off of uh, Django Fett was like clones are all supposed to be like identical. You really shouldn't be able to tell who's who, even by looking at them or listening to the way they speak. But you could play me like clips from the show and I could likely tell you which clone it is. Dee Bradley Baker, the uh, voice actor that plays every single clone character from, you know, regular troopers that never named or like ones that's in every episode, like Captain Rex. Um, she does such a good job of making them all sound similar but different, and they give them each personality. And it's just a really wholesome, really fun show. Um, as you get towards season five, six, and seven, it really does start to feel like a war show. Um, season seven of The Clone Wars is maybe my favorite season of any show I've watched. Um, it's fantastic. They do the whole Siege of Mandalore arc where it kind of like it's happening at the same time as Revenge of the Sith, so you're kind of like seeing, all right, you're seeing like kind of in uh, snippets and like what's going on, uh, like what characters are talking about, that they're in the middle of Revenge of the Sith. Like it is in the middle of the third movie and it's kind of like taking a look at what happens on another part of the galaxy at the exact same time. It's really fun. I highly recommend it. Um, Rebels is also just really fun because I love Freddie Prince Jr.
0: Okay, a lot of information, information to soak in there. And I realize I'm alienating like, a lot of the audience but I'm also like introducing a lot of probably new people to like this idea that like this is a show where we can kind of talk about anything and I wanted to have you on I, I I did text you today I was gonna text you about doing something like this relatively soon but I knew you were like on assignment right now and on assignment gets kind of boring sometimes especially when like you have a day off and you don't really know what to do and you don't always have a vehicle or whatever but like um I, I figured you weren't super busy or you weren't going to be busy until later today, so I, I I text you this. But like I I understand that I'm alienating a lot of our normal audience with this, and that's fine. Like this is a show where, you know, it's I don't know if of all if people who've listened to all 65 of these, but like this is something I wanted to do. This is my show. This is a friend of mine who we share this interest, and that's what the show has been around been about forever. I know I'm going to get you know someone to say that so I'll go ahead and address that now but uh, one more question about, about Star Wars and we'll kind of move if, away from it. Do you have something you want to go with?
1: I was just about to say like for people that are overwhelmed with Star Wars um, there is a lot of material to get into um, and it's okay to not like or to not do everything with Star Wars. Like You don't have to read the books. You don't have to watch the shows. You can just watch the movies. You don't even have to watch all of the movies to be a Star Wars fan. You can see, you know, Rise of Skywalker just by itself. The last one in the Skywalker song, you can just have watched episode nine. And you're still as much of a Star Wars fan as I am, who's done all of these things because you enjoy the movies, you en- or you enjoy what you've seen of Star Wars and you like what you see. I can only go as far as recommending what I've enjoyed from the rest of the Star Wars universe. It's not perfect. There's a lot of stuff in Star Wars that does not work for me, but it, it it's just one of those mediums and one of those I guess spaces of uh, of pop culture where uh, it can be toxic at times with fandoms. But I am always an advocate of you know if you just like one thing in Star Wars, you're as much of a Star Wars fan as somebody who's seen and du- and read everything. So don't ever like it's okay to feel like that, and it's okay to just like what you like.
0: Yeah, just like what you like. It's uh, it's like that Diet Coke commercial that that aired for I don't know every commercial for six months. Uh, you're into what you're into. Just be into it. Yeah, that weird Diet Coke commercial is on every single time I turned on my TV? It was a nightmare. Anyways, um, cause like the message is really great, but to see the same thing, cause it was when Diet Coke came out with all those weird flavors, it was like ah, these are all terrible. Anyways, <laughs> one last thing about about the films. Um, so obviously, people love the first three people are like have kind of differing opinions, but pretty favorable on the second three, the last three, seven, eight, and nine, obviously have caused a lot of division, especially eight. Um, what are your takes? The, the sequel trilogy is probably my least favorite, uh, of the, of the, uh, Star Wars mediums that
1: I've consumed. Um, and that's mostly down to the fact that they're like, I'm not the demographic that they're going towards. Um, Like, Star Wars is, was, and always will be, first and foremost, designed to make money. And the demographic that usually makes the most money is is advertising towards kids. So, these ones are obviously, you know, geared towards this generation of children. I'm 23 years old. I do not fit that bill. They're fun movies. Like, if you just sit down and watch Force Awakens, Last Jedi, Rise of Skywalker... I'll watch them, and I'll enjoy it because there's great special effects, it's really fun um, fight scenes and everything like that. I didn't like them mainly because growing up with the expanded universe stories after Return of the Jedi, so your Jason Solo, Jaina Solo, the twins, um, Ben Skywalker, the son of Luke, uh, everything that happens afterwards, and kind of like the overall, I guess, body. Star Wars after Return of the Jedi from the EU uh, I loved so to see these movies and where they fall short is just a little underwhelming Um, I think they really dropped the ball with John Boyega he deserved better because in Force Awakens uh, like advertising and the campaign leading up to the release of episode 7 kind of like revamping the, uh, the Star Wars universe they made it seem like Finn was a you know an integral part and was going to be the next Jedi the next generation of force wielders for the light side and having him not be that is fine like that's just that's just classic movie advertising you know you make the audience go into it thinking one thing you end up having you know doing something else and if it works great what i didn't like with the follow-up is that finn really didn't do anything else throughout the rest of the movies i thought john boyega was wasted i thought john boyega was frankly cheated out of what could be a really big role, and I love Daisy Ridley. I love the character of Rey. I just think it could have been so much better, and it's fine as it is because, again, it's not towards my demographic. But I think it is probably, in my mind, the weakest of them because there wasn't a set plan throughout all three movies. You talk about Episode Eight being dividing. I actually kind of enjoy it. Um, my Star Wars consumption is really I go to see it first night, and I just kind of fanboy out, um, and you get to see, like, the opening crawl, the music hitting, and it just hits all the right nostalgia buttons. The second time I view it in theaters is after I, you know, listen to podcasts, read reviews, get as many different opinions and critiques and things that people like and don't like. That way, I kind of, like, on the second take, have more analytical role. I really like The Last Jedi and how unique it was and how much Ryan Johnson wanted to do his own thing. And I think he's going to do really well in his next Star Wars movie that he's doing because it's just going to be a pocket of the universe. It's not going to be in the Skywalker saga. He's going to be able to tell his own story in a Star Wars universe, which I think is going to be right in his wheelhouse. Um, I just didn't like how, yeah, there wasn't really a whole plan for the sequel trilogy You like one coherent plan throughout all three. And I think that's evident, but they're fun as is. I mean, if you like them, fantastic. I'm. I love when people love anything having to do with Star Wars because it just gives me something to talk about with them, regardless if I like it or not. We can just talk about it, and uh, yeah, I uh, I don't particularly enjoy the sequels um, as much as everybody else, but they're fine movies. Like they're enjoyable. They're still a good time. I'm looking forward to showing my girlfriend the sequel trilogy once she gets into Star Wars.
0: Yeah, it's got to be a fun process as uh, getting someone that you you love into a thing that you'd love. That's gotta be awesome. Cause you talked about her pre-show with, with soccer and getting into uh, getting into the euros and everything. And she picked Italy as did, you know, I did, but I also kind of knew what was going on. She just liked Rome and that's, you know, it's, it's kind of the same thing where it's fine. Like it doesn't matter how much you know about, about the sport. If you're getting into it and learning where there's a community out there to help you. And that's what you've kind of been for me. With Star Wars, it's kind of like switching that role where I've always been the guy that people go to and ask questions about, whether it be football or soccer or or sports or or podcasting. It's really fun to be the guy helping, but it's also really kind of, it's kind of almost nerve wracking in a way. And not not with you, because you and I have been friends for five years, but like you're putting yourself in a socially vulnerable situation by asking someone like, hey, I don't know a ton about this. And what you've been with me is been nothing nothing but helpful, and you've recommended a lot of great things, and i i I have felt comfortable coming to you and asking questions, and I'm sure I will continue as I dive into a lot of these other things that Star Wars has, but no, I, I was just curious about your opinion on those because I mean, I know a lot of people didn't like it, and a lot of people had their their different opinions on it and and whatever so I, I thought I would have the biggest Star Wars guy I know talk about it on my show does,
1: does this make me your yoda
0: this is yeah you are my yoda i am i am just appreciate in... that i do Ah, <laughs> uh, that's great what's the is it is it padawan is that like the yep yeah that's the the little trainees before they get to be a jedi yeah i'm a padawan yeah it's okay you should you should grow
1: the uh the hair like really tight tail that, uh, Obi-Wan has in Phantom Menace, like The Apprentice. To, uh, it's called, yeah, you should grow that hairstyle out. That'd be fun.
0: If it grew, like, kind of down, I would, but it grows out like an afro. I just, uh, I, it's tough. It's t- I'm not like you. It doesn't grow, like, down and, in kind of, in a, You. in a bun.
1: You mentioned that with my long hair. Uh, I was actually having a moment of, uh, reflection yesterday before one of the games, when I was talking with the, uh, when I was talking with one of the assistants from Denver's coach, uh, one of their coaching staffs down here in uh, Illinois before the tournament. Um, there was there's a player for Denver University named AJ Francois. With the I, I swear this is the best head of hair I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> that kid, just it is luxurious. It's beautiful. And I was talking with my uh, with my co-commentator for that game, uh, Will Thomas, down here at Western Illinois. I was like, I grew my hair out for two and a half years. I wish it looked as good, half as good as Francois does. It is magnificent.
0: I mean, if you have a name like Francois, you have to have fantastic hair because that's, that's usually he a French this, he name. Fits that,
1: he fits that last name perfect. With. Yeah,
0: I mean, that's a French name and the French are either known for being bald or having great hair and not, nothing in between. It, it's either Olivier Giroud or Zinedine Zidane and that's that's all you got.
1: Oh, see, see, Zidane was still a handsome man. No, he's, he's... He still is beautiful. He's just bald.
0: Yeah, no, and bald is beautiful. Let's not let's not go into that category. Bald is beautiful, man. <laughs> is that a disagreement?
1: <laughs> no, I I love, like, I, I I would not look good in it, but I respect those that do. Um, you're Dwayne The Rock Johnson's of the world. You're Zinedine Zidane's...
0: Yeah, I mean Lord,
1: Lord Voldemort's from uh, from the Harry Potter from the Harry Potter movies. Yeah, like if you can rock a bald bald head, more power to you. I am just uh I'm just praying that I go gray instead of lose it.
0: That brings up an inter- interesting question. The not about the hair, but like the yeah. the Harry Potter folks. Like it seems like you have some crossover. Do you guys have rivalries between different, you know, franchises that you love like the like, do Star Wars people feud with, like, Harry Potter people or anyone like that?
1: I would be the wrong person to ask about that because I actually am just, like, a diehard nerd. <laughs> I love Harry Potter. I love Lord of the Rings. I love Star Wars. Um, I'm, I'm about to read the Dune books, I think, after I get done with all these Star Wars Expanded Universe ones. Um, so, like, I'll get into the Dune category. Um, I've read all of the Game of Thrones books. I'm the wrong person to ask because I have, like, a head in each pot here. I just – my whole head is in the Star Wars one, though. But I, like, enjoy other franchises and other movies. So there are – I mean, you scroll on the internet and it just seems like everybody has a rivalry with everybody. But, no, like, there's there's certain people that will fight Harry Potter fans that like, oh, Star Wars is better. No, Star Wars is just different if you like Harry – because Harry Potter has got a lot of the same – uh, lessons to be learned from Star Wars. There's a lot of similar themes in these movies. Um, but no, like, I, there's no rivalry for me. I'm actually showing uh, my girlfriend Caitlin all the Harry Potter movies right now, and it's been really fun because she'll, like, ask me questions. It's been years since I've read the Harry Potter book, so, like, my knowledge isn't quite as sharp as it is about Star Wars. But, like, I'm able to just talk about, like, she, was, she sees, like, a random person get killed, and she's like, who is that? And I'm like, oh, that's, you know... No spoilers. I'm not going to say who dies and who doesn't. But like, yeah, no, I'm still able to re- retain all of this nerdy information I've learned over the years.
0: Yeah, no. Uh, it's it's like sports. Like sports is a reflection of life, just like art is a reflection of life. Like there are people in sports within the within the sports. So like, say soccer, you know. City fans hate Manchester United fans and, and vice versa. And United people hate Liverpool people. And Liverpool people, people hate Everton people. And it just goes down that list. But there's a certain f- like funny thing where all of these soccer people that actually kind of hate each other will unite and fight baseball people here in the States. And yeah. baseball people, you know, the Yankees, Red Sox, it's the Angels and the Dodgers. Like these clubs that don't like each other. But they'll fight the football people about how it's the original pastime. Like, it's so incredible that, you know, Star Wars has so many kind of feuding people within it. They all unite. It's like, hey, let's go fight this group of people. Like, it's so weird how it works. And in, even on a large scale, you'll have, you know, political people in one party fight about this. And then they'll unite and go try to take down the president or whatever. Like, it's this wild thing where life is just like art and entertainment and sports and and we can't get away from anything ever, but we can choose the level of silliness that we engage in with our fighting and in rivalry.
1: Yeah. And that's just that kind of like, it's perfectly natural to, you know, be divisive or like, I kind of not argue. So as long as you can just, at the end of the day, just be like, you know what? You like what you like. I like what I like. I think it's better. You think your thing is better. End of that. Cool. Yeah. You know, we both get to enjoy what we enjoy. Um, I stopped, yeah. I I the uh, the line at you know never want to be a word that I cannot say on your podcast because I don't want you to have to go back and edit it out later on. The <laughs> I've been really good about not swearing, and I don't want to break that streak now.
0: Yeah, no, uh, especially like in in mediums like this. It's what people talk about all the time. I don't swear and, and curse, anyways. This has a like a in my normal life. But, you know, it's (laughs) oh, yeah, I know. (laughs) I get, I'll get like a text message (laughs) with you, and it's just like three or four different f F bombs in there. No, but like it's, it's really, it's really like I don't, I don't care. It doesn't bother me at all. But there are different things with people where like in front of a microphone is they just don't swear because it's, you get comfortable and you let one slip. And instead of it hitting off the shins, it's going to hit off the, (laughs) <laughs> yeah that's called a callback folks for comedic podcasting um memory. no but the idea of like controlling yourself in a microphone has been drilled into my mind especially at the, the university i went to because i'm sure it's the same thing for you and O in the broadcasting department but like hey don't be an idiot don't 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 get fired don't lose your job it's not worth that, it it's just
1: a really good lesson and a really good like sentence to describe how i live life just Try not to be an idiot.
0: Yeah, and you're gonna be an idiot sometimes because that's you can't be that's perfect. That's what makes all life times.
1: fun. Like every once in a while, you do get to be an idiot.
0: Yeah, and whether you mean to or not, <laughs> it's a good story at the end of the day. Never. mind. it doesn't
1: kill you, it just make you it just make for a good story later on. So you know, just do what you do.
0: Might put you in a bad financial situation for the moment, but you know what? Who cares, right? It's just money. It's fake. It's all. I'm fake. a recent
1: college graduate. Finance finances are uh, yeah. Can't afford to be messing too much up with that one, especially with a car that just got out of the shop. But, yeah, you know, if anybody wants to uh, Venmo me, I'll plug that uh, on my Twitter.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, you've been so, um, so great. And I'm so incredibly thankful that you made time uh, two and a half hours after I texted you. Uh, You haven't been on the show at all, which has been interesting to me. Um, what we try to do here with at least first time guests and we sometimes run it with second time guests is the lightning round five to seven random questions at the end of the show to get you to kind of open up and and be the true Owen, which I think we've gotten for 45 minutes, but that's what's in my, uh, my script, but, uh, yeah, five to seven random questions. Are you ready?
1: This is first thought, best thought. This is what I'm good at. Hit me.
0: All right. Um, What's your best childhood memory? What's something you think about fondly from your your 1 to 18 years?
1: My favorite childhood memory would probably be, this is a cop-out, but it's all of my trips that I took to Colorado Springs when I was a kid. If I had to pick one specifically, it was the summer that I trained as a goalkeeper with the Air Force Academy. Um, My aunt used to live out in Colorado, and she paid for me to do a sports camp with the Air Force. I did soccer. I was a fat kid, and they wanted uh, goalkeepers, and I didn't want to run. So I hopped in goal, and that uh, just started my lifelong uh, love of goalkeeping.
0: That I was a fat kid. I didn't want to run. That is an incredible line. Um. <laughs>
1: just completely factually accurate. That's
0: the only reason I became a goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I became a forward. You only have to run half the field. Um, those midfielders are not been just as ins- not just as insane but pretty insane to be able to run you know eight miles in a game that's nope can't do that uh what personal trait has gotten you in the most trouble
1: that's honestly probably what makes me good at this round is first thought best thought uh, sometimes i say things that pop into my head where as soon as they come out i'm just like oh i probably should have said that
0: yeah just don't be an idiot
1: Try not to. I'm learning every day.
0: (laughs) If you could shop at one store for free for the rest of your life, what would it be?
1: Hy-Vee. It's a grocery brand in the Midwest that has both a grocery store and a gas station. So technically, I would have groceries and gas for free.
0: That's such a great answer. Because gas, that's a big part of life. A lot of people don't realize it until they get to, you know, pay for their own gas.
1: If I had to travel outside of the Midwest, like outside of, like, I think the furthest south, uh, hy goes is Kansas or Missouri, something like that. Um, there's one in Macomb, Illinois though. So I'd be good this weekend.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. That is that's quite the answer. Walmart, the same kind of thing. They have groceries and gas.
1: CVS would also be a really good show, or not CVS, uh, Costco would be a really good shout. Costco or Sam's, those would be really good answers too, they both have gas stations.
0: Are they owned by the same people?
1: No, they're rivals.
0: Oh, they're rivals, okay, I yeah. only have Sam's, I have I had to ask someone what Costco was on Twitter the other day, I've, I've never heard we've of We've
1: got them. a couple of, th- we've got one Costco and one Sam's Club here in town, and like, it- it's just kind of like a... Uh, it's kind of like a sports rivalry like do you have a sam's club membership or do you have a costco membership my family's sam's club but like my best friend up here uh like my old goalkeeper partner david he's been a costco member for i mean ever so
0: would you disappoint your parents if you got a costco card
1: uh no but i disappoint my parents anyway so you know it is what it is
0: (laughs) all right what's your favorite kind of sandwich (laughs)
1: Buffalo chicken sandwiches. Do we consider a burger a sandwich?
0: No, they're very different.
1: All right, then. A, yeah, probably a buffalo chicken sandwich or a meatball sub. One of the two. What's on burgers your, over everything else, though?
0: What's on your burger?
1: My go-to burger toppings are uh, ranch or blue cheese,
0: <sighs> uh,
1: pepper jack. I'm also a big fan of uh, Munster and spinach on my uh, on my burgers.
0: God, you Midwestern people. Mm-hmm. Or
1: if if you want to go with the uh, barbecue, or if you want to go like the, it's called like a cowboy burger, depending on the place. Uh, barbecue sauce, uh, onion ring, lettuce, and cheddar.
0: That is quite the sandwich. It, well, Nebraska's got some of the best burgers you'll ever have.
1: Uh, if you ever are in Omaha, go to Dinker's Bar and Grill. It's delicious.
0: I plan on being in Omaha very soon. I've I've had a lot of trips that fell through at the last minute because of X factor, or uh, Y factor, or whatever. Cause I, I, will, was in,
1: I will personally fly Jack Hoover from Milwaukee to Omaha so we can get everybody to meet
0: up. Yeah, everyone to meet up. I, I, I want to come for three days. Just let me let me get settled in my new job, and we'll make it a summer thing. How about that? Okay. If you if you're still here, if you're not working in Bristol by then, um, figured you appreciate yeah, that. My much. resume
1: at ESPN. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's that's really funny. So wait, does the Summit League? Like, tell ESPN that, like, hey, we got our guy, or did ESPN reach out to you to do the Summit League?
1: Uh, so, Summit League is handling everything, and ESPN was like, hey, uh, you guys are broadcasting your tournament on ESPN Plus, or like, you guys can. or I, I don't know if it's Summit League reached out to ESPN, or ESPN Plus reached out to the Summit League uh, to broadcast on ESPN Plus, but either way, I got to make my ESPN debut. I don't care how it happened. I just want to be <laughs>
0: That's fair. Uh two more and we'll get you out of here. Thank you again so much yeah. for the time. Um which historical character or figure, not character, they're they're real people, which historical figure would you like to meet the most?
1: Tough because I'm a big history guy. I would probably go. Mm, JFK.
0: Yeah, no, he was he was I would I would have loved to see what he would have done with eight years.
1: Yeah, that, that that's one of my biggest things, which would be, like, kind of describe everything that did happen to him. Like, let's say we take him, and I kind of, like, pause a moment in time, take him out of that limo out of Dallas, and we just, like, go grab a drink in Dallas, and i lay out everything that's about to happen in the next, like, hour and a half, and then what the legacy is for years. I would love to just look in that man's eyes and just be like, who do you think killed you?
0: So... It's kind of like the Umbrella Academy, where you pause time for a moment and just pull him out. It's kind of like that. Just take him to a bar in Dallas.
1: No, like, and that's the thing. I would return him to the exact same time, and I would let, like, I you can't mess with time. You would have to let it happen. But if we could like freeze time and just be like, okay, you have an hour to hang out with JFK before he gets his head blown off. Like,
0: oh, so you would do it to just have the hour and not save his life. Because I guess that would throw off the timeline. Because you can't
1: mess with history. You can't, like, that's that's one of the biggest things you've learned is, like, the butterfly effect of that would be catastrophic. And you can't mess with it. I would just want that time to hang out. Because he seems like a really cool, really friendly, really interesting person to hang out with. Um, But I would just like to lay out every detail that we know. No speculation. Like, don't tell him any of the conspiracy theories about who plotted the assassination of JFK. Just give him all of the hard facts and look at him in the eyes be like, if you had to guess who's killing you, like who's who's orchestrating this and just
0: see what he says. Yeah, because, I mean, he had to know that he was after after exposing all the secret societies, he had to know something was might have been coming. So yeah, it's obviously a an idea and a conspiracy. It's not like this hard fact, but he did do that. That is on record that he did that. So yep. I would love to get his thoughts on that. That's a fantastic answer. I'm really happy you, uh, you you laid that out for us. And now this final question, I'm, I'm going to exclude JFK from one of your answers. You cannot pick JFK. But if you could have a okay. dinner party with three famous people, living or dead, who would you invite?
1: I've actually thought of this before. Uh, Zinedine Zidane.
0: Okay. For, for those, like, for those huh? that don't know, let me kind of give some context. Zinedine Zidane is the manager or current manager of Real Madrid. Is he still at Real Madrid?
1: I think so. Yeah, I think he's in the second center Real Madrid. I don't think he's left yet.
0: Yeah, okay. I thought he might have left after last season, but he, he quite possibly could still be there. He is the current manager of Real Madrid, a very, very large popular soccer club based in Madrid, Spain. And he was, for a long time, a prominent forward in the sport of soccer. He is most no- notably recognized for his headbutt in the 19, well, no, I'm sorry, 2006 World Cup final against Italy in which his French team lost uh, the 2006 world cup final in Germany against the Italians, but he is, he's pretty big in, uh, the sport of soccer, but yes, context, it's not a soccer show. So I wanted to give some people the idea. Cause we talked about him already in the show. So people are either driving or can't Google or whatever, but yeah, go ahead. Zidane's, on.
1: Zidane's my favorite non goalkeeper of all time. So he's, he's in there. um, and I need to preface this by saying that I am, you know, th- this would not be for religious reasons. This would just be for curiosity. Jesus. Yes. Because, like, he was a, his- he-, he existed. He was a historically authenticated person, as far as we know. Like, he did exist. It's just, like, you know, whether or not you believe that he was the Messiah. Um, so, you know, all of that. So it'd be Zidane, Jesus. We're off to a really fun start so far. And I would then say, "Here's where it gets tough." I would probably go with, you know, what I would probably go with uh, General Pickett from the uh, American Civil War. He's made famous by his uh, suicidal charge for the Confederacy, um, because it. I, ju- I just kind of want to, because the Pickett charge is one of my most fascinating things to look at in history. Or you've got, like, tens of thousands of men walking across an open mile of ground on a position where they have a bunch of weapons to shoot you with. And I just would like to have a discussion with the man who was crazy enough to lead that. I hate the Confederacy and everything it stands for. Like, I... The Confederacy should have been, like, me personally, all the Confederate statues should be taken down, everything like that. But I just want to, like, look... Like, I just want to interact with the man that was absolutely mad enough. He didn't suggest it, but he let it. And I just, I don't know. I just think it'd be interesting to like kind of pick his brain about that. Either him or uh, if we're going like civil war, military generals, because I love history and I love the civil war. um, Ulysses S. Grant would be a great shout too.
0: Yeah. Also another president, big president show that we're, we got going on here. I, I'll be honest with you. Did not think you're going either of those last two. Very fascinating that that conversation would would happen. I've made this joke in the last couple of podcasts where people have given fantastic answers. Uh, invite me. We'll have five mics set up. Um, that Or we'll have six seats because we got to get a, a translator for Jesus who doesn't speak English. He speaks Hebrew. Zidane,
1: does he speak English?
0: Yeah, I think he does. That's fair enough. Maybe. I was just going to say, we might, we might need like a translator because
1: Zidane speaks French. Uh, Jesus... Would either be Hebrew, Arabic, Latin, some some very like some uh, local dialect. Um, I don't remember where Pickett is from, but if he's from far enough south, you might need a translator anyway because it's hard to understand some southern accents.
0: Hey, um, hey take it easy.
1: <laughs> I just wanted to throw that pot shot at you, Louisiana boy.
0: Yeah, um, hey, I've been vocally trained. A lot of people in Louisiana have not. I don't know if you ever heard the um, the head football coach of Louisiana State University.
1: I love Ogeron. I love his accent so much. The Cajun accent is one of my favorite accents
0: in the world. Yeah, I can't wait to see him coach Georgia Southern next year. Um, the yeah, that was a shot. I'm sorry, shot across the belt. But <laughs> I've, I've been
1: I follow you on social media. I know you are done with the
0: coach. O- I'm done. Lane train, come on down to Baton Rouge. We'll build railroad tracks, from Oxford, right out over to to Stadium Drive. Uh, the the idea of those last two that you named quite interesting for sure thought you were going George Lucas
1: see I would love to sit down and have a conversation with George Lucas but I don't want anybody else to be there for that
0: <laughs> so no Jesus knows it on <laughs> if,
1: if if you had the like if you're if you're telling me which one I would take out of those three I would probably take out Pickett and put in G, uh, George Lucas but George Lucas I would want like one on one time with
0: yeah one on one for I don't know couple hours i would have to imagine longer than that probably 100 oh, yeah,
1: percent. because i would i would literally just ask him like all right you had your own plan for the sea because he had his own like ideas for sequels and everything i was like if this is just like what goes on what's your star wars headcanon what what, what happened in your version of star wars timeline
0: i think that'd be a fantastic conversation and um oh, okay. but the three that you have Pickett, jesus and Sidan, quite the list yeah. of human beings
1: I I like to have, like, I I always enjoy, and that's kind of why I gravitated towards soccer so much as a kid, I like having people from different parts of the world interact to just kind of, like, see what similarities and what differences people do have.
0: Yeah, let's throw a bunch of random people in a locker room and see what happens. It's that, like, it's that whole thing where it's really fun. Personally, big fan of Jesus over here, so would love to just, like, hear him speak. And then, like... Going on down the same vein of of picking like wh- why? what what were the what were the thoughts going in? What were the emotions going in? because like it's as, as much as we want to separate emotion from logic in those type of situations because we talk about all that time in sports, but like this is a much larger scale thing than sports. To separate your emotion from that and his failure to do so, I just want to talk about that and hear him speak about that but no we got five or six chairs just make it seven to be safe and uh we'll, we'll get i'll order seven mics right now and we'll do it
1: i i'm yeah like I, I would be curious just to kind of like see where the conversation goes um and just kind of like the difference is like you know obviously coming from three different parts of the world three very different times um yeah just kind of like see how humanity's developed over the years
0: yeah because like the People Jesus dealt with very different from the people that Zidane's dealt with (laughs) over the course of time. I don't know.
1: They both didn't like people from Rome. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) and that's our show, ladies and gentlemen. Owen, where can people find you on the internet?
1: Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Owen underscore Godperson. Um, You can also find me on Instagram, just my first and last name, Owen Godperson. Uh, Venmo is going to be Owen Dash Godperson, and uh, and yeah, I'm also on TikTok. So. I don't post much. I mostly just enjoy the uh, the memes that people post on there. But I am on there as well. If you want to give me a follow, just first name last name Owen Godberson.
0: It'll be spelled out in uh, the title of the show sixty five dot Owen Godforsen, But oh, and I can't thank you enough for the time. This was awesome, man. That's my phone, I
1: appreciate. It. I appreciate it so much. I don't know what you have planned for the show number sixty nine, but if you do need a guest, I'm happy to come on because nice.
0: Yeah, no, I don't know what I'm going to do for it. Yeah, I was actually going to tweet that later today because I have 66, 67, and 68 all have guest occupied. So 69 is the next one I have to kind of figure out. I, so that'll I, be a fun time.
1: I think 69 should just be a five second episode of you, like, giving the intro and then just going, Episode 69. Nice. I might
0: That's just, our show, everybody. Connect. I might just do it for a minute and nine seconds. So, Episode 69 <laughs> lasting 69 seconds. One. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, You can subscribe to the podcast um, anywhere podcasts are available. Uh, most notably, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. If you get the show through Apple, please rate, review, and, and say a bunch of nice things. Can give, give five stars. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Riley James IAC. Um Also, Instagram, at Riley James IAC, And the show is at, if anyone cares, underscore on Twitter.com. Owen? Thank you again so much, and, and good luck, uh, and have a good call, good call tomorrow. Uh,
1: of course, thank you so much. Uh, may the force be with you all.
0: Four <laughs> zero and God percent. I'm Riley James. If anyone cares.